The following podcast contains true stories of sex, kink, gender, or body image. Thanks for being a consenting adult, because here we go. All of my life, I've never fit, but I won't complain and I won't quit. I am enormous, get used to it. Everyone tells me I'm too much, maybe it's just you're not enough for me. Can't you see, I'm the kind of woman I'm supposed to be. And welcome to the Body Storytelling Podcast. I'm sexual folklorist Dixie Della Tour, and this week we have a story from award-winning science fiction author Meg Ellison. How's your week going? I've been recording today. We're having a storm called a bomb cyclone in the Bay Area right now, and it is insane. More rain than I've seen in forever. The winds are crazy outside. I've been sitting by a space heater. I live in a hundred-year-old house, so it gets cold. (laughs) And the heating doesn't actually seem to do anything, so I'm always sitting by a space heater. But you know, you're doing the same thing where you are, right? It's that time of year. I'm drinking throat coat tea with lots of honey and thinking about this message I got this morning on Instagram from a couple who said their favorite story of mine was a story called The Worst Sex Ever. I guess this came up after I told that Darkness Falls story recently because they said they love to play it for their friends and it inspires people to tell the worst sex they ever had stories to each other. It always ends up being a really fun exchange and they learn new things about each other. So I was thinking, have I ever played that on the body podcast? Have you heard the story, the worst sex ever? I believe it originally aired on risk, but I might need to play it for you because it might inspire you to tell me about that worst date, that terrible encounter. Those stories are always fun because you can't forget them. You remember every single detail. So let me know, send me an email. Tell me what you think, and maybe I'll put it on the podcast really soon. And one more thing, as you listen to the story on this week's episode, I want you to realize that this was recorded right when everything opened up after lockdown and people started getting vaccines. The first live show that we did after the pandemic, (laughs) what we thought was after the pandemic, happened in June of this year. And I don't recall ever seeing people look that joyful. You can hear it in the storyteller's voice. You can hear the joy in the crowd and the applause. So as you listen to this week's story, I want you to imagine yourself in an enormous stone courtyard inside a federal building. And I want you to imagine you're there with hundreds of other people believing that the pandemic is over. Let's suspend reality for a little while, shall we? For these 10 or 11 minutes of the story this week, I want you to pretend that it's all different, that it's over, and listen to a fantastic story while you do it. Suspend your disbelief. 
just for this week. My best decision of 2021? We're getting near the end of the year, and I'm going to tell you, I stand by this. My best decision was to get a Helix mattress. Helix Sleep has a quiz that takes just two minutes to complete, and it matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. Everybody's unique, and Helix knows that. So they have soft, medium, firm mattresses, mattresses for cooling you down if you sleep hot, etc. I took the Helix quiz, and I was matched with the Helix Plus. It's for plus-size sleepers. How perfect is that? And it is a huge upgrade over my old mattress. Helix was awarded the number one best overall mattress pick of 2020 by GQ and Wired Magazine. The mattress comes right to your door, shipped for free. They have a 10-year warranty, and you get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up from you if you don't love it. Just go to helixsleep.com slash Dixie, take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. And Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for body storytelling listeners if you go to helixsleep.com slash D-I-X-I-E. Helix gets my highest recommendation. I love my Helix mattress. So go to helixsleep.com slash Dixie right now for up to $200 off and two free pillows. Want to spice things up with a fun, sexy box of adventure at a steal of a deal? Like a Kitten lets you create a custom box of pleasure with their new BYOB box, AKA build your own box. Like a Kitten will ship you a gift box with all your erotic essentials from vibrators and handcuffs to massage oils and robes. It's your one-stop shop for a perfect evening. (laughs) You get to choose one item out of each of their six categories, toys, beauty products, loops and cleansers, games, sexy accessories, and lingerie. I chose a fur and leather flogger, a high quality lube, a couple's card game, massage oil, a sexy black satin robe, and best of all, a silicone vibrator called the Pleasure Hunter with an assortment of attachments to take it up a notch. And the whole box only costs $69. Most of the vibrators alone retail for more than $69, so their entire box of six gifts is a steal. And I love that a portion of all sales go to charities that focus on women's empowerment, education, and health, so you can feel good about feeling good. And Like a Kitten is offering our listeners 20% off and free shipping when you go to likeakitten.com slash D-I-X-I-E or enter code Dixie at checkout. I've put a link in this episode's description to make it easy for you. So grab this deal and tell them I sent you. Just go to likeakitten.com slash Dixie or use promo code Dixie to get 20% off these incredible boxes. That's likeakitten.com slash Dixie. Well, it's time to hear a story and to talk about this week's storyteller. Meg Elison is a science fiction author and feminist essayist. Her series, The Road to Nowhere, won the 2014 Philip K. Dick Award. She was an otherwise award honoree in 2018 and 2019. In 2020, she published her first collection called Big Girl with PM Press, containing the Hugo and Nebula nominated and Locus award-winning novelette, The Pill. Read The Pill, y'all. 
Ellison's first young adult novel, Find Layla, was published in 2020 by Skyscape. Meg has been published in McSweeney's, Fantasy and Science Fiction, Fangoria, Uncanny, Lightspeed, Nightmare, and many other places. Ellison is a high school dropout and a graduate of UC Berkeley. I'd also like to add to that. She is a joy and I'm glad she's on this planet. This storyteller is Meg Ellison. This is my first live show since the pandemonium. It's very good to be back. Heroes and villains, I come before you tonight as a scientist and as a person with tattoos. Science is how we make our world smaller. It's how we break things into categories so that we can understand them, so we can control them. We believe in definitions, in taxonomy, because it gives us those handles so that we can hold things. Tattoos are the opposite of science. Bear with me. Tattoos are what we do when our feelings are too big to carry them, when we can't hold them anymore, when we need it to live inside our skin. The tattoo needle has to be dropped deep it can't live in your epidermis, the upper layer. It has to go down into the lower layer of the skin called the dermis. It has to do that because anything in your epidermis gets destroyed, broken down, taken away. Tattoo inks are inorganic. Organic inks contain carbon and carbon molecules are small. Inorganic inks are made of metal and the molecules are huge. Too huge, in fact, for your body's immune system to break it up and take it away. So once upon a time, there was a girl. The girl was too big to be held, too much feeling to stay in one place. And when I say big, this girl is six foot eight and always wears heels. Imagine Lady Dimitrescu from Resident Evil, but dressed up as Betty Page. She took me to a concert one night in San Diego, and we saw the band A Perfect Circle. We sat together in that amphitheater and held hands, and she told me, this is the song. I'm gonna get a tattoo of these lyrics. And the lyrics are, clever got me this far, and tricky got me in. It was also my favorite song, and I wanted to get it as a tattoo. And as we held hands, she told me, by the next time you see me, I'll have it. I'll beat you to it. That's the kind of girl she was. And as we sat there, I was thinking about the last time I had her in bed. And it was her and me and my husband. And a girl that big, there's nowhere to put her except diagonally, corner to corner. <laughs> and work her body like the two men who work the bellows on a ship. So in the middle of a wash in orgasm and completely lost in herself, She's kicked back, and he and I are switching positions. He's going up, and I'm going down. In the science of musicology, 
the name for an impromptu solo, known to the artist but unknown to the conductor, is a cadenza. And as I moved downward and she parted her knees, she clocked me across the face <laughs> with a patella the size of a manhole cover. <laughs> and my vision went black and I saw stars and I thought for a minute I might pass out. <laughs> but I felt my husband's fingertips against my nose, making sure it wasn't broken. And I saw him trying to make sure I wasn't concussed. And he said, are you okay? I said, I'm fine, I'm fine, get back in there. <laughs> and we went right back to what we were doing. So I caught up with her after the concert, and I said, did you get the tattoo? And she pulled up her shirt and she showed me it against her rib cage, but it wasn't that song. It was a different song. It was for somebody else. And the lyric said, in case you're listening, this is how much it hurts. In the science of musicology, a theme that is repeated over and over throughout the piece is called ostinato. In the science of etymology, the 17-year cicada, the brood X cicada, is called magicicada septendecim. And it emerges every 17 years from the earth to scream and fuck and die. When it first emerges, this cicada is not fully formed. It's in the phase of life in entomology known as nymphs. Once upon a time, there was a girl. She and I met each other when we were both 14. We were nymphs. We had not yet grown into our bodies. We did not have long black dorsal thoraxes, or big red eyes. And when we grew up, she became like, hot like Charlize Theron, but short and funny like Tignataro. <laughs> In the science of etymology, an adult insect is called an imago. Imago is also a word from the dead religion of psychotherapy, and it means the projected persona or the imperfect image of the adult that you absorb as a child. It's not a real person, it's an image of a person. It's kind of like the image you have of the girl you fell in love with when you were 14. When I went to visit her this year, when the cicadas emerged, she showed me that she had had two of them tattooed to the backs of her shoulders. I thought they were fake at first. I didn't believe that she had done it. I didn't think that she had rammed those inorganic compounds into her skin. She pulled off her shirt and she showed me these two insects at the spot that they call the acromioclavicular joint. They were so beautiful and all I wanted to do was kiss them. But her wife and her son were in the house. So I buried myself in the earth again to wait until the season comes around. In the science of sexology, a gathering of three or more people engaged in sexual congress is called an orgy. It's a really ugly Greek word for a beautiful thing. Once upon a time, recently, there was a girl. I had just gotten to know her. She had long, dark hair and beautiful flashing eyes. Imagine if Kat Dennings wrote ukulele songs about her cunt. And when I showed up at this orgy, I didn't know anybody. And I was sort of on my own, looking around, getting my bearings, and there she was. 
and she had in her hand a gun-shaped percussive massager that some enterprising soul had mounted a dildo to. In all the life sciences, the occasion in which one living thing looks like another, even though they're not related, is called homology. This is the phenomenon where cucumbers look like snakes, look like dicks, look like mounted dildos. But she assured me these things were related enough. And she led me to practice the science of gynecology, primitive though it is. She laid back on an examination table replete with stirrups, and we decided to make a game of something none of us had ever enjoyed, <laughs> of something that's not usually fun. And to do that, we all decided we were doctors. We were scientists. So we spoke to one another, saying, thank you, doctor. Am I on your way, doctor? Are you comfortable, doctor? Would you like more lube, doctor? It's the most fun I ever had in college. And as we finished up on the table, she pulled back her skirt and showed me, remember, homology. She had just gotten a tattoo, inorganic compounds into her thigh, in black ink, so that the negative space of her lighter skin made up the figure of an animal. And she said, look, it's a skunk. And I looked and I said, honey, that's a badger. Science is the way we make things small. It makes us into doctors, into scientists, into people who create their own destiny rather than being subject to it. Tattoos keep things big, make things seem permanent when nothing is. The needle drops deep into the second layer of your skin and lets you hold on to things for as long as you can. The tattoo happens in molecules so big that my immune system and my shame cannot carry them away. Thank you. I love that feeling.
That was Tattoo by Girlfriends. What do new Patreon members like Grace and Peter and Christopher and Oscar know that you don't? Body's Patreon is the only reason we're still here. It ensures that the intimate, relatable stories we tell can continue to make it into your ears each week. I love this community, and moving to online shows meant we faced greater restrictions. Social media would love for us to keep it G-rated, but that means you can't hear the whole truth. Your Patreon support allows me to pay podcast producers and story editors and staff, and gives me a private place to share the real deal with you, the stuff that doesn't make it onto the podcast. Patreon is a place for the people who love body and want to see it continue. This pandemic has kicked my ass financially, but I'm not giving up yet. Live shows are still on hold, but I'm hoping we'll find a live stream producer soon and be back at it before you know it. If you want body storytelling to keep going, go to patreon.com body and become a member now. Becoming part of this community is life-changing because stories change lives. Help us continue by becoming a Patreon member today. There's a link in the show notes. And thanks for your support. Well, that's our time for this week. But before I go, I want to say thank you to the people who make the podcast possible. Thank you to Joe Moore, David Grossoff, Donald Mooney, Mosa Maxwell-Smith, Marty Garcia, and Jeremy Bedick. I'm sexual folklorist Dixie Delatour. This has been episode 198 of the Body Storytelling Podcast. Thanks for listening. Baby.